Thank you so much for having me. Well, before we spend some time in prayer together, I just want to take a few moments and look at God's Word and see what His Word has to say about prayer. Specifically, we are going to consider two men who go and pray, and we're going to see which one Jesus says we should follow as an example. We will consider two questions this morning. The first question is this. We will examine how did these men view themselves? And then second, we will consider how did these men view God? Then we will consider some applications for us that apply today. So if you would, please take your copy of scripture and turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. To give you a little context as to what's been going on in this book, Jesus has been ministering primarily in the northern part of Israel, known as the region of Galilee. And from chapters 9 through 19, Jesus is starting his journey out of Galilee into Jerusalem, which is where he will be crucified. So when we get to chapter 18, Jesus is quickly approaching Jerusalem. And beginning in Luke 18, verse 9, Jesus tells this parable. So if you would, follow along while I read, beginning in verse 9. Of Luke 18. <clears throat> and he, referring to Jesus, spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as an eye unto heaven, but smote unto his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. This account starts out, as I mentioned, with Jesus telling a story. And he was telling this to people who had great confidence in their own self-righteousness, and they were scorning everyone else. It is the account of the two people who went to pray, one as a Pharisee and the other as a despised tax collector. So how did these men view themselves. We'll consider that and see how their view of self affected how they actually prayed. The two men mentioned are quite different individuals. The Pharisee was a man who had devoted his life to a strict interpretation of the Old Testament law, resulting in his outward life, which appeared to be without flaws. Look at verses 11 and 12. It says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Here is what the Pharisee is saying. He's saying, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, not like cheaters, sinners, or adulterers. And I'm certainly not like this tax collector over here. In fact, I fast twice in a week. 
Did I mention that the Old Testament law only requires once a year that you fast? And that only happens on the Day of Atonement. But regardless, I fast twice in a week, and I give a tenth of all of my income. How did this Pharisee view himself? This prayer, while much can be said about it, was made by a man who was self-righteous by religion. Next, we see the tax collector, who was considered a, a sinner, someone who the Israelites would look onto as that of a traitor, because a tax collector was someone who worked for the Roman government. Not only was this just a sinner, but someone who was despised by the very people that he lived with. How does this tax collector view himself? Look at verse 13. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Here is a man who did not even feel worthy to be close to the temple. So he stood off at a distance, and he dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, this man beat his chest and begged God for mercy because he was a sinner. This response almost echoes that of what we hear from Isaiah 6 when Isaiah is before the presence of the Lord and he says, Woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. How did these men view themselves? The Pharisee was self-righteous by religion. The tax collector viewed himself as a sinner who needed mercy. So how did these men then view God? The Pharisee viewed God quite simply as someone who was not needed. The Pharisee mentions himself five times in his prayer that's so self-centered, which results in him not expressing thanks to God for what he has done. Instead, the Pharisee brags on himself for his own moral purity and religious faithfulness. Now, certainly, this Pharisee knew more about God than the tax collector. If there was ever a debate to break out about God, his character, or who he is, this Pharisee could win a debate with almost any regular person and potentially other Pharisees as well. He could easily monopolize any conversation about God. Yet despite all that knowledge about who God is, this man truly failed to grasp who God was. J.I. Packer, in his book, Knowing God, says this, If we pursue theological knowledge for its own sake, it is bound to go bad on us. It will make us proud and conceited. The very greatness of the subject matter will intoxicate us, and it will make us proud. And we should think of ourselves as a cut above other Christians because of our interest in it and grasp of it. And we should look down on those whose theological ideas seem to us crude and inadequate and dismiss them as a very poor specimen. This is what happened 
to the Pharisee. This is what can so easily happen to those who grow up in Christian circles where they are blessed to have godly parents. They go to a Christian school. Every time that the doors at church are opened, they are there. They know Bible stories. They read books about God and have deep theological talks about who he is. They read of the sweetness and goodness of God and then put the book down and carry on with the rest of their day with another fact learned about God to impress our friends with. Oh, I fear at times we are often like the Pharisees who know much about God, but did not let that truth about God change his heart. This resulted in a low view of God and a high view of self that was made by a self-righteous religion. How did the tax collector view God? He viewed himself as a sinner who needed humility. Packer in the same book writes this, No subject of contemplation will tend more to humble the mind than thoughts of God. This tax collector, this this sinner, this traitor had gazed upon God and he realized his wickedness in light of who God is. The tax collector understood that God's truth, he understood God's truth in order that his heart might respond to it, resulting in his life to be conformed to it. The tax collector had a high view of God and a low view of self. This is why Jesus says in verse 14 that this sinner, this tax collector, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what does this look like for us today? As believers, some of us have been saved for years. We have been going to church for decades, striving in the ministry, raising godly families. How does this passage apply to us? It is a reminder not to forget the gospel, the good news, how I am a sinner who can do absolutely no works to save myself. Thus, I need God's grace. Yes, his amazing grace. I must accept that with humility because I am a sinner. The message of the gospel will affect how I view myself, resulting in how I then view God. If we are not careful, like the Pharisee, we can live the Christian life and start to view ourselves as self-righteous by religion. We can forget the sweet truth that the scripture teaches us about who God is, that he died for me, a sinner. What a wonderful thought about God, remembering that he saves me from my sin. This should not just be a head knowledge, but this should affect my heart 
and the very way that I live. And the result of this knowledge should be one where I fall to my knees and pray and then praise God for saving me with a heart of humility and a high view of God.